Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Just a catching strays over here. (laughs) You're in for a hell of a show. Keep the faith. Hold the line and own the lids. It's time for our main event. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety Program. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. I know I did. And fellas, this is going to be a special show. I'm so excited about this. This is, we have not done this particular show. It's probably going to be an annual tradition. I think so. I think so. I mean, like, looking through... I've kind of heard what folks have been talking about while we're discussing this. So it, it's the first annual Ruthless Award show. Yeah. And, and there's going to be so many bangers here, and there's going to be so much debate, hopefully some fighting and shouting. Yeah, we should have some We should have some warfare, internesting yeah. battles. Well, yeah, I think it makes sense, given the season, yeah. uh, that we give out some gifts ourselves. Yeah. With these Great awards. Point. Well, these are gifts that we give, uh, and they will come in five categories, or four categories. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing worst take of the year, which is mm. just a tough one. <laughs> this is the toughest of I all. I mean, a lot of garbage. I'll, this is the one I think for all of us that honestly was overwhelming when when Wolf put this in front of us. We we're like, oh my god, yeah. How do I go back and search the archives on this? Because mm-hmm. there's so many. There's a ton of competitors. I mean, we do it every week in King of the Hill. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god. So anyway, we sorted through a whole bunch of stuff, and I think there's some stuff you haven't heard yet. So that's great category. Comeback player of the year. This is somebody in the political space that uh, has been gone for a while, mm-hmm. and then came back and is now sort of on the front pages of your newspapers and on top of mind. Uh, we're going to do a rookie of the year. Somebody you probably weren't familiar with, uh, even if they had uh, some kind of a career in the space previously, but now is somebody that you know everybody knows, and it's kind of their first year of doing it. And then we've got a person of the year, our big award, our big award, and that's going to be the most significant person that we think, uh, you know, captured everybody's attention. Yeah, throughout the year. Millions of Americans earn and use credit card rewards. A few big box retailers want to take those rewards away. Rewards we use on groceries and school supplies. The cash back to save on gas and grow our small businesses. And travel miles we use to make memories. The so-called Credit Card Competition Act would eliminate credit card rewards. No more travel miles, no more cash back. When lawmakers help mega retailers line their pockets, we pay for it. Tell your lawmaker to vote no on the big box bill. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com to take action today. Without further ado, I think we should probably get right into it. What do you think, Wolf? Should we just go ahead and and get right going? We'll we'll start with the <laughs> worst take of the worst year. take of the year, and uh, we always start this with uh, with Duncan and Dunks. Like, uh, give me a little feel yeah. for your thought process before you start. My here. thought process. Well, um, I had to put on the moon suit. I had to put on the hazmat suit 
to go into the bowels of the internet, the sewers, if you will, Mm -hmm. and trudge through some of the most awful things I have found (laughs) on the internet. And I think I have found the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Nikki Spaghetti, can we put up graphic 2A? Oh, it's so bad that we're blurring the name of we're this individual. Unblur the name. No, we gotta unblur the unblur name. Unblur the name. We are we are blurring the name and the handle uh, because this person put it up and was uh, had so much ridicule they deleted their entire account. <laughs> Wait, that's how you know it's good when it's not enough to delete the tweet. You actually have to take the whole account down. The entire account was taken down uh, because this tweet encapsulates not just the the fetish that the left has with terrorists but also some absurd intersectionality that they enjoy the tweet says how many militant groups were founded by a wheelchair user and have another commanding their military operations lots of disability representation in hamas (laughs) I just, I just, what I, I look for in my terrorism is representation. That's Michael. right. It's 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 like um, did you, ever, <laughs> did you ever see the meme of um, God of the the my God the bom- the bomber with the rainbow flag dropping all the bombs? Yeah, and it's like, and there's some woman in in like a hijab saying like, it just feels good to be represented. <laughs> You know, it's like like this. I'm being drone striked by the first woman of color pilot. Yeah, uh, trans pilot of a drone. And this this tweet is that. This tweet is that. It's it sort of distills down um, the absurdity of intersectionality. I can't believe you guys blurred the name. For folks, folks, I'm an honest man. No, don't do it. The truth. Don't do it, dude. This person is not a public figure. We are on a podcast that goes out to millions of people. Do not say their name. I feel like it should be. No, don't do it. They're a nominee. At Krista Peterson. Oh, come on. Yeah, uh, I, however people spell it, they might you, get it wrong. Smug. Thank you for doing the people's But work. it was put up publicly. It was put up publicly, and it doesn't contain any of their information. It doesn't contain you know anything that could connect will- them to it. Hey, they put that out on Twitter. I think if you put it out on Main, you put it out on Main. You put it out, you put it out, and if it's going to be a nominee, I mean, we've we've talked about how like we we've made fun of like uh, the folks who work for Biden who are like, we will sign anonymously a letter saying that we support Hamas, and we've clowned on them. Well, sure, yeah. So, so hey, we're not going to be we're not going to we're not perpetuate we, we, exactly. that exactly. Don't get a variety program. Okay, okay. I mean, that is a wild. <laughs> it's, it is wild. The take itself. Take. Unbelievable. How many militant groups are found of a wheelchair <laughs> user and have another commanding their military operations? Lots of disability representation in the mosque. Yeah. Really offsets the genocide. <laughs> you know? Sure, you get some rapes and you get some beheadings and killing of children, but you know what? Representation. Those that people is... understand the differently abled better than most. <laughs> and while, than most. while I don't want to help Duncan's case, I mean, I think... That speaks so much to the problem of the left that, like, this is how crazy they are. My yeah. God. All right, Smug, what do you got? Okay. <clears throat> My take is short and sweet and simple. Binomics. This White House, this administration, <laughs> thought this economy is a point of pride. Mm-hmm. And they created 
the the term Bidenomics. Can we get 9A up on the uh, on the screen? We have so brand new CNN polling this morning, and those numbers are looking rough for President Biden. Yeah. Could be a troubling sign for Democrats and the president's hopes for re-election in 2020. Could be troubling. Sticking to 39 percent, nearly 60 percent of voters think Biden's policies are making the economy worse. And close to 70 percent of Democrats this want else to run for president. Bad take. Approval rating among Democratic voters that's slipping from July. Okay. I mean, so. I mean, that's an all-timer. We talked about it at the time. We predicted that it was going to happen. Yeah. And it, it turns out entirely and, right. And again, you know, uh, along the lines of, of militant groups, I said this at the time when they, when they rolled out Bidenomics. This is no different than, like, ISIS releasing a tape to, like, take responsibility for murdering a hostage. Like, the Biden administration has effectively murdered the U.S. economy murdered energy production right they've caused inflation and they're now like spiking the they're football. like let, let me put my name on that yeah. real quick they're like oh. we've beheaded the economy <laughs> americans are paying you know eleven thousand more this year than two years ago just to get by binomics spiking the football worst take of the year it's good. a bad take it's a it, good nomination you know it, it falls in kind of the category if you if you like and you can keep it yeah. From Obama totally. back in the Dude, day. Great callback. It's like basically great the same, same. Mm-hmm. Like uh, such a bad take, your opponents can then say, this they, is our platform. They run a campaign <laughs> on your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so here's mine. And if we can pull up graphic number 3A. Uh, all right, so <laughs> just a little, bit of back, a little bit of background. Dear white staffers, in the era of the progressive politico, They've sort of made this uh, popular. It's an anonymous account from staffers on Capitol Hill, non-white staffers on Capitol Hill, decisively progressive. And they, what they want is people to send them stuff where they can sort of out the happenings on Capitol Hill, right? Mm. It's often racial. It's often, I mean, it's always progressive. It's a little bit crazy. But here's the, this is my take of the year. Um, a, this, they're responding to a statement from the office of Ben Cardin dismissing the BFR. Mm-hmm. And you guys know what I'm talking about this Aiden cat who was in the committee hearing and filmed himself uh, getting BF'd <laughs> over the dais uh, of a committee hearing. Room, yeah. Right? A decidedly violent act to take upon the United States Senate. Uh, and, the, and the statement from Ben Cardin was he's no longer employed by the U.S. Senate. We ha- have no further comment on this personnel matter. Here's their, here's their take. What policies of the United States Senate did the staffer even violate that warranted termination? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> this is very clearly uh, the United States Senate overlooked in their rule books. There is Please no- do not get bent over uh, a desk in the hearing room in the Senate. But honestly, like, it. all right, let's take it back a half step. Uh, so you're just naked walking around in a committee hearing room. Oh, uh, no, let's not say it's not the United States Senate. Say it's, you're like an accountant and you just decide to sort of traipse through the 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 lobby of your accounting office buck naked and film it. I mean, that's the th- amazing thing is like theoretically – the Capitol Police says they are investigating this because it breaks a, a number of laws yeah. that apply to basically anywhere you are, let alone inside the U.S. Senate. But 
<laughs> but the take is like, honestly, what did he do wrong? What did he do wrong? It, it, it is that Seinfeld episode with George Costanza when he has sex in the office oh where he's God. like, was that wrong? Was I not supposed <laughs> was to do I that? Not supposed to do that. <laughs> it has come to life now. But he's like, uh, I, so I got cornholed over the da- yeah. dais. Was, uh, was that inappropriate? Is that wrong? Is yeah. that not something I should do? <laughs> anyway, that's my nominee. Uh, Wolf, how do you want to handle this? Should we vote on individual car- uh, categories and, and announce the winner at this time on the category? Okay. okay, let's let's announce the winner. We've tallied, and this is, I'm sure, a accounting mechanism that we've used at the Ridless Variety Program to decide uh, who is the winner. Very important. Yeah. Total integrity. Yeah, certified by Price Waterhouse Coopers. <laughs> Price Waterhouse Coopers. And uh, at this time, uh, we will unveil the winner. The winner is the wheelchair representation. DEI Hamas supporter. Yep. Congratulations. Congratulations. That is the absolute worst take of the year. No question about it. We all want representation in our terrorism. And this year, we have found it. And you know what? Congratulations to the nominees. You know? I think all the not worthy nominees. Also, I'm imagining, you know, kind of like, the uh, disgruntled, disturbed man who's like, I'm choosing my terror group I want to join. And they're going through the booklet and they're like, well, this one has representation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Founded by a wheelchair user. Yeah. I like terrorism that <laughs> looks and feels like me. Yeah. When I, <laughs> when, I, when I plan to blow myself up, I want to make sure there's enough wheelchair ramps. It's just incredible. What a take, Duncan. Congratulations. We're moving on to the Rookie of the Year. A little bit more serious can- uh, candidacy from a bunch of different people. And I know there's a lot of people that have come back on the scene here and become big deals that we hadn't heard of before 2023. Duncan, who's your nominee? Rookie of the Year. Um, well, I've given well, this. this one, we're, we're doing comeback first, right? Are we doing comeback or are we doing rookie? You want to do comeback? Let's do comeback. Let's do comeback. Okay, we're going to do comeback. Comeback player of the year. Yeah. So this is somebody who you've heard of that went away for a while, Mm -hmm. that came back and is now front and center, and somebody that you can't ignore in today's news at all, and has become a big deal, but had a period of time where you didn't hear from him. Um, Well, I, I, I have to go with Tucker Carlson. Um, this is a guy who was uh, unceremoniously fired by Fox News, had the number one show in prime time on cable. Um, you know, huge name, obviously, to a lot of the people who listen to this show. Um, and, you know, getting fired from Fox, you would think, would be a, uh, a real nadir of someone's career. I got to say, uh, you know, Tucker has bounced back in a major way first uh, with his new show that he put on Twitter, X, if you will. Um, but now he's announced a new news network um, and my hat goes off to him. You know, I mean, it's a difficult thing to do. And not only that, but Tucker kept on his entire team from Fox, hmm. Hmm. which, um, you know, I really think does speak a lot to his character as a boss that he uh, managed to carry that that payroll, 
you know, can, out, of, it, out, of, out of his own out of his own pocket. So, I mean, I, like I hear all this, but I don't really see this as like a comeback because it's not like Tucker went anywhere. Like, I don't think there was any Well, I think there's a debate to be had about what constitutes a comeback. And, you know, if you start the year as the number one cable host in America and you end the year as, you know, a significant player, but perhaps not the number one cable host in America, is that a comeback? Um, I understand the point. And this is going to be a through line through the rest of my my. Uh, nominees for our, our other categories but what I think what Tucker has found is something that Glenn Beck found uh, 10 years ago and that is broadcast is great and social media is great but ultimately what's most important is your relationship to your audience mm-hmm. and that's the relationship we have with our audience mm-hmm. here on the variety program and you can be on Fox all the time, but that intellectual property is Fox. Mm-hmm. And you can be on Twitter as much as you possibly want, but the distribution mechanism is Twitter. Okay. And I think the future of media in this country, especially for conservative media, is audience and the relationship you have with your audience. And so I have a lot of respect for Tucker doing his own news network and you know having content there on a subscription model for his viewers and i think what what glenn beck saw 10 years ago is what tucker is seeing now and uh i think i think that's revolutionary i get it okay all right that's your comeback of the year uh smug my selection is nikki haley i think there is basically no argument you could make for anyone who has had more significant of a comeback could i get uh clip 7a please But it's a different story in New Hampshire, where former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley has emerged as the closest rival to Trump, now at 29 percent support to his 44 percent. That is up 18 points since our September survey. Okay, so that in itself was 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 a shocker because it's starting to build this into like, is this a two person race dynamic? Yeah, we just just now got a poll from St. Alison. She's now 30. Yeah. So this is someone who, I, I mean, it, it, it might be The world was to introduced to her as a UN ambassador under President Trump. Uh, many politicos got to know her as a governor of South Carolina. After the UN resignation, mm-hmm. she went away. And she then even, even I would argue, like, at the launch of the campaign, sure, everyone knew, okay, this is a serious person. You know, was polling, I would say, I'd describe it as like with the pack, you know, like single digits, whatever. And the conversation was, okay, it's Trump up big. And then you got DeSantis. And then you got like uh, a pack of people who are fighting from it. But she was she was sort of in that second tier with like Tim Scott. Exactly. Like Mike Pence. Is well, like, I, there, Tim Scott was beating her yeah. handily yeah. when she launched the campaign. Mm-hmm. And then now at 29 and now in, in St. Alson, 30%. Yeah. In New Hampshire. That's a great nominee. That's a comeback. That's a great nominee. That's a good comeback. No question about it. All right, my nominee, if we can start uh, with clip 8A. A new twist this morning for the country's most famous political dynasty. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. (laughs) 
Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who entered the presidential race in April with a long-shot bid as a Democratic candidate, now embracing the role as a potential third-party spoiler. The Democrats right. are frightened that I'm going to... So this is a dude, this is a dude who, for those of us who've been in the business for a while, was thought of as a left-wing kook, sort of an environmental extremist, who was perennially talked about in terms of appointments to New York yeah. uh, offices that have been vacated, right? When uh, Hillary Clinton left the Senate, he was like the number one guy that should have been appointed for that. He talked about running for attorney general, talked about running for governor, whole bunch of like, anytime he made the news, it was always in the 2000 to 2008 era where you heard a lot about this guy. And then you heard nothing about him at all. All of a sudden, he shows up in 2023, and he's in everyone's newspapers, this guy. I mean, look, he may not make a lick of difference in terms of the ultimate outcome of all of these elections in 2024, but in terms of the conversation in 23, hard to argue it wasn't significant. I mean, it would be a hell of a comeback for the first RFK to survive an election because we still oh, have wow Jesus. god that's dark. we haven't gotten one yet that, that is dark is and like that's a lot to shoulder you know you, you got to think about this what a the cia or whoever don't <laughs> why would you don't put that evil on him <laughs> sir han sir han ladies and gentlemen the cia or you know there's his dad we know he likes going after kennedy's there's a lot of problems but that's a lot to shoulder so that is you know that's a comeback but i mean you have to admit it is a big come i mean that's in terms of a comeback. I think it would only take place in the environment which we find ourselves post-COVID. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, no, ser right. seriously. Like, like no, because he, he was a long-time anti-vaxxer. Right. Anti-vaxxer back, he kind of started the wave of the Tom Cruise stuff back yeah. in the day about how all vaccines cause autism. Wait, Tom like Cruise? That. Yeah, that? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, they were... Well, wow. It was all... Wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it? I, 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 I think, like, the difference between, like, a Nikki and an RFK is like, he's a man who finds himself in the moment that's most attractive. Like Nikki, in my opinion, had to like do the blocking and tackling to make it her moment. Mm. Well, let's see, we've tabulated out and uh, like you said, a very integrity-ridden process. Yeah, that's right. Which no one can question the results. Let's go to the winner. Wow. And it is, in fact, Nikki, Nikki Haley. Haley. That's a win for Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley picks up the big win for Comeback Player of the Year for the Ruthless Variety program. I think that's a good selection. It's hard to argue against it. Regardless of the results of this election, no question she was on the stage in a big way, left the stage, came back, and is now arguably one of the two or three most important people in politics. Yeah. yeah. No question. Huge. All right. So we'll go to the next one, and that's Rookie of the Year. Mm. Uh, this is the one where we've all sort of thought about deeply because, you know, look, there's a lot of new freshmen and a lot of stuff going around out there. But there are some people that sort of pop the tape on this one. Duncan, what do you got? Uh, this one was tough for me. As I sort of alluded to earlier, I've had a lot of negative things to say about this <laughs> nominee. But I'm a, you know, I'm a fair player. Well, you're nothing but gracious. Gracious. Yeah. Honest. Thoughtful. Fair. Yeah. Um, and I Han just... Handsome. And handsome. <laughs> with a fantastic beard. 
Very masculine. Camera doesn't lie. YouTube subscribe. Oh, very masculine. <laughs> not as great a skin as the guy over here, but right. you know, it's not, not, everybody can't have everything. Very high tea, which is why I can grow such a fantastic. He did beard. grow that beard in about six hours. That yep. is a fact. That is a fact. Just uh, while we've been on set. My nominee uh, is Vivek Ramaswamy. Interesting take from the old man. Yeah, there is probably no American breathing air who has been more critical of Ramaswamy than the old man, and yet he finds it within himself to award him his Rookie of the Year. I think it's undeniable. I mean, like, look, this is a guy who kind of came out of nowhere and, um, you know, published a book, uh, Woke Inc., and um, and sort of thrust himself in the middle of this Republican primary in a major way. And I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the stuff that he's saying, but it's undeniable uh, that he is um, a new face on the scene with something to say, you know? Um, uh, I don't want to undermine my own case, but I bet, like, quantitatively, if you did a poll on name ID, I don't think there's anyone in politics who grew their name ID as much as Vivek this year. Right. I think that's probably right. I think uh, that's probably Let's right. go to clip 3A. My name is Vivek Ramaswamy, and I speak the truth. There are two genders. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. And the U.S. Constitution is the greatest guarantor of freedom in human history. That's the truth. I'm Vivek Ramaswamy, and I approve this message. Yeah, Man, so that, I wish she stuck to that. Dude, that yeah. ad owns. It owns. I wish she stuck to that. It owns. I mean, that like, thing was so good. Dude, that yeah. owns. That's really, why when we really had him hard. on the program after he announced, and we were like, "Dude, I think this guy's going to make a lot of noise." Well, he's the he's the king of the elevator pitch. Yeah, he re- he really is. Well, yeah. uh, you know, even the soundtrack owned. I, think, I know everything's good. <laughs> I think he's 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 struggled at times beyond that. Um, He's had some moments like 9/11's an inside job. You think that was a setback? I just, I, I, I just he was just asking questions. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't I don't know what he gains from stuff like that, other than a guy who's just attention moth to a flame. Yeah, um, but it is undeniable. Well, it's good nominee. It's good nominee. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, Smug? I have the honorable George Santos. Can we get clip four? A George Santos. What could we do to get you to go away? Stop inviting me to your gigs. <laughs> Mm. So no dancing with the stars. No. No RuPaul's Drag Race. I have not that invite yet. I'd love to go read a. B- the lesson is to stop inviting you places. But you can't, because people want the content. <laughs> wow. That That's is the most smug nominee in the history. How perfect is that? That you should have saved that for man of the year. That was like that was Are you sure you're not George Santos? <laughs> but you need the content, folks. I mean there's George Santos is more than a person. He's the zeitgeist of our political moment. He's the indictment on our political system that we have in place. And like, even when he faces what for most people, for most elected officials in the House would be their worst moment of being removed from the House, he's thriving. The dude is like the number one person on Cameo, had to like, what, I I think he 10X'd his rate because he couldn't keep up recording it 24 hours a day. People love the content. And he is like a one-person content 
factory. He's like in his public career, not his private life, because you have very different uh, private lives. But he's like the gay smug in terms of cats <laughs> capturing the moment. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, it is very. That is such a good. Do you remember the first time we met this dude? Yes, we were at the the RJC. The that we were in Vegas for mm-hmm. yep. the the Jew, Republican Jewish College. And uh, we were speaking there, and he was in the green room, and someone introduced us to like, oh, have you met George Santos? And I'm like, I didn't know. I mean, I knew he was running in a close race, and it was kind of a shocker that he won, and you know, we had a nomination, so we we're like, oh yeah, hey, what's going on? And he was like, yeah, he's you know, he's Jewish, so he should be here, and uh, you know, he's got all this other stuff going on, like this is all good. And I was like, oh, very nice to meet you, and then we had to like walk on stage right afterward. And and like within a week or two weeks, they're like, "Nah, he's not Jewish." <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, he's like, content is so important. I don't care about the circumstances. Just he's like, was- "Do I want to speak at the RJC?" Yeah, I'll, I'm I'm a Jewish. Did he say Jewish? Jewish. Jewish. I I I 100% agree. He should be a nominee uh, for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think more than that being about how good he is. At generating content, it's really a reflection of how pathetic our garbage garbage culture, culture. Our garbage culture is. It's a gar- garbage culture. I don't think you're wrong, Smug. I just I think it's and, and I think it's terrible. And but to you me, can't the, you can't? But you can't. It's it, it is great. It is great that he can look people from the media in the eyes and be like, "But you want it." Yeah, right. You want it. You have to have it. And, yeah. and to me, this is you bring up such a tremendous point because, you know, on a philosophical level, I feel the best way to be critical of a system is to exploit it. And that's what he does in stripes. Well, he he's certainly shown Real us Real race to the bottom. Yeah, he's certainly <laughs> shown us what the what the bottom of the barrel looks like. No question <laughs> about that. All right, so my nominee is none other than the governor of North Dakota, Doug Burgum. Uh, if we can play clip 5A, please. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Before diving into the issues, he made a joke about tearing his ACL playing basketball last night. Uh, and I think I took him a little too literally when they said, go to Milwaukee and break a leg. <laughs> when it came to the issues, Governor Burgum said it's much bigger than Bidenomics, saying the economy, energy, and national security are all tied together, saying sanctions on Russian oil makes it cheaper for China to buy. So if you buy a battery in this country, you buy a solar panel, it's being produced in a, power, in a plant in China powered by coal, or it's being powered by oil and gas at 20% off, and every farmer in this country would like to buy diesel at 20% percent off so i mean Dude, he nailed it. It, it like here here's the thing here's the thing this guy i'm gonna get into the personal side of it in a minute sure but this is a human being that we should all try to be like yeah this is a guy who was born into the circumstances that he was that didn't wasn't handed a silver spoon or anything else a pulled himself up he became a absolutely magnificent business person went back to his home state built an entire economy around it yeah and was wealthy beyond his wildest dreams could have walked away and done anything that he wanted to felt like he needed to give back so he became a governor and began trying to help everyone else out in his state he's got a wonderful wife got a great family and yet he just feels like the need to keep giving and 
everyone when he got got into this race was like, "What do you? Who the hell is this? Yeah, like why are you why are you doing this?" And it was like kind of the Asa Hutchison reaction where people were like, "Okay, thank thanks for putting your name on a ballot. Like let's, well, now you can go away and let us talk to this serious people." But he wouldn't do that. He found new and innovative ways to get on a ballot that he shouldn't be on. Get on a debate stage that everybody said he couldn't get on. He he made himself a national figure and at one point was polling like third in the state of New Hampshire. And he became a part of that conversation on a personal level. Boyce, on the on the when he came on the program and then we met him in Iowa, like I love, a better I, I, dude. I love the guy. And I, th- I think these two picks sort of hinge on each other. It's like... Dude, that's a... Yeah. It's like that Manifest Destiny thing, like wist- which way Western man. Yeah. And it's like, what do we want our party to be? Do we mm. want it to be the George Santos, DeSantis's oh. of the world? Or do we want it to be the Doug Burgums of the world? Duncan and I had a really good conversation. This the is day. the Smug V. Holmes? It's, yeah. Well, so, so Duncan and I had this really good conversation of like, you know, there's all these YouTubes about like, oh, what's wrong with young men now and whatever. And like... Uh, I saw this video, which had kind of an interesting perspective where they're like, you know, a lot of young guys think they should look like Andrew Tate or act like Andrew Tate or like, you know, some of these dudes yeah. on Instagram because they have like cars and most. And this video and like Duncan and I came to a similar conclusion. The like ultimate Chad in society is like the 50 year old dude who's been married for like 20 or 30 years, has a family, a good job, takes care of them. And that's and gives victim. back, and the people in this community know he gives back, and, right. and they so, respect him. For just it. like you said, like completely self-made man yeah. from poverty, yeah. right? Who uh, goes back, doesn't need to. After he's succeeded, sold his company, built uh, a tech center in his state as governor, he cut debt, right? Revitalized the economy, cut taxes, right? He's banned uh, the pronouns in public schools for kids. Yeah. They will not have to face any of that under his watch. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like yep. his and and he sent uh the state's national guard to the southern border. Yeah. Like this guy is like a 5 for 5. Right. First But like he's All-Star. like the problem is like he's not the guy who drives the Lamborghini. He's the guy who maxes out his kids' education account. That's yeah. It. You totally, know what I mean? Totally. And it's like nobody sees that on Instagram. And that's the thing we reward in society oh, today because culture. we have a garbage culture. Garbage culture. So I in hope- a just world Bergam would be like two-time president already yeah. and everyone be like crying out for Burgum. God, that's law. such a... God, I mean... It's <laughs> it hurts depressed. so much. <laughs> <laughs> Just kills. Anyway, that's my nominee. Let's go to the winner for Ruthless Rookie of the Year. It's Ramaswamy. It is. <laughs> it's Ramaswamy. It is. And, and <laughs> a searing indictment <laughs> on our political... And here we system. are. Absolutely proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are, to quote or paraphrase Denny Green, who we thought we were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. It is. It's true. But I think pound for pound in terms of somebody who didn't know the name Ramaswamy at the beginning of the year and now knows it at the end, you're probably, this is probably the right it's selection. Just on the analytics. Yeah. This is probably the right selection. All right. So we're going up to the next category. It's the big one. And it's the big one. This is it. This is the one. This is the one that we have all been waiting for. It is the person of the year. Old man, who's your person of the year? My pick is Elon Musk. Ooh. Strong. Um, 
you've said it yourself, Holmes, that what he did in buying Twitter was the most patriotic thing a billionaire has ever done in this country. I believe that. And I think it's true. Um, it's a bastion for free speech now, thanks to him. And it has the media in a tizzy, especially your quote unquote disinformation reporters who are now over on threads or blue sky or whatever. Um, and so I think that's a service in and of itself. Yeah, yes. dude, that right there is extremely yes. patriotic. Extremely. But to uh, to go back to my earlier segment on, on Tucker Carlson, I think what we're seeing now is people in positions of power harnessing that power and the community that they've built and disrupting the, the, the previous system that had control over them. And for Tucker Carlson, that was, you know, I work at, at, at Fox and I, and if Fox disagrees with me, yeah, they can fire me. And, you know, that's Fox's prerogative. Um, but if I want true autonomy, I have to have a relationship with the audience and do it on a subscription-based model where people can subscribe and I can say whatever I want. Yeah. There's not a sleeping giants that can come out and do a boycott of my advertisers. True right. bastards. Right? Those right. are bastard people. There's no media that can come attack me and pressure other advertisers to leave. Right. We have seen this with Barstool. Yeah. We've seen it with Fox News. And that's what Tucker Carlson, Carlson sort of alluded to when he is now starting this new broadcast uh, network. They did it to Daily Wire, and then Daily Wire is like, we'll just make our own products. Yeah, and and that brings me to the clip here of Elon Musk and the reason why he's my nominee for Person of the Year. Can we play clip one A? I hope they stop. You hope uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f- yourself. <laughs> I love that. But go. Yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. <laughs> yeah, so, right. so, so if you're just listening on audio, that that is at a New York Times event with Aaron Ross Sorkin, where Elon Musk is having a conversation, and he's shouting out Bob Iger from Disney in the audience. Yeah. And he's saying, fucking try me. Yeah. Fucking try me. Right. That takes balls. Well, you, it takes huge balls. You have to be the richest man in the world to attempt it. But 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 what he's doing there is a he he is disrupting that entire model, right? Mm-hmm. Where and we've seen this across the in, the entire uh, media and entertainment industrial complex yes. in this country, where the powers that be, the people with the billions of dollars who control everything we think and say and write on the internet. Do that through their billions of dollars of advertising. Correct. Yeah. The and DEI he, just and he, answer. Yeah. And he's he's saying you don't owe me anymore. Yeah. And for that reason, he's my nominee for person. That's uh, a good nominee. It's a good nominee. Smug, what do you got? For me, this felt like it's the most obvious and true answer. There can be only one person who is person of the year. Can I get clip two A? Just 27 days until the Iowa caucuses, voters in early voting states overwhelmingly support Donald Trump. Recent CBS News polling shows the former president has a massive 36-point lead in the Hawkeye state. Governor DeSantis is in second place with a distant 22%. 
Beyond just the polls, where he's currently first place, I think, in every state that's been polled, essentially, mm. beyond that, every news cycle, every story, no matter the topic, is a reaction to Trump. It could be, oh, you know, we found a new AI model. What does Trump think about it? How will this affect Trump? Trump tweeted about the new AI. You know, it yep. does not matter what it is. There's no news cycle that can exist. There's no election that can exist. There's no topic that can exist without it being put in the context of Trump. He's like a black hole of attention where all of it is going to get soaked up and taken by him just the other night when, when the Colorado Supreme Court uh, throws uh, Trump off the ballot. Every one of his opponents start tweeting about, oh, well, this is unfair yeah. for Trump. Like It's a good point. It is unbelievable that one single person. The gravitational pull. Just can control and command everybody's attention in this country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I thought about him for my comeback player of the year uh, because of that. Because it, you're entirely right. I mean, he has dominated a news cycle time and time again. He does what Donald Trump does. There's no question he's the most consequential person of the year. Mm-hmm in terms of what the public conversation is so much of the person of the year is what your interpretation of what a person of the year should be Mm -hmm. right i agree and for mine i picked somebody you've never heard of uh this woman named rachel edry and the reason i picked her she is a grandmother in israeli who was in one of the kibbutzes that was attacked by hamas terrorists and her home was attacked and she was hit with the butt of a gun knocked down and managed to cajole terrorists into spending time in her house enough time where she could feed them and give them tea and talk to them long enough where she could buy time for the rest of her village for security forces to come in and eliminate the threat. And if not for this woman, there would be a lot more deaths in her community. But I I pick her not just because of her and her single act of heroicism, which is monumental, but because she's symbolic of a larger group of people in Israel who did the same who laid their life down for their their countrymen, for their, their friends and neighbors, to try to fight back against unimaginable horror mm-hmm. in that moment. And to me, when you think about persons of the year, you know, Time Magazine always does the most significant person. It's yeah. like, you know, it's Taylor Swift this year or whatever. And at one point it was like Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like the name that you talk about the most. For me, it's like, what's the most consequential example of somebody who demonstrates what we ought to be? Yeah. Mm. And for me this year, it's it's Rachel Edry. I respect it a lot. Um, you know, last week uh, I went to the Capitol to, uh, to watch uh, oh, you all that. the footage from uh, October 7th. Yeah. Um, and thank you uh, to Matt Brooks uh, from RJC, Norm Coleman. Um, yeah, I was traveling for a funeral and I couldn't make it. And it, it 
as much as I didn't want to see it, I really wanted to be there for it. Yeah, and and I I went to the Capitol and and and, and watched the unedited, unblurred footage, forty five minutes of the attack uh, on October seventh. This is directly from the Hamas GoPros. Like they were yeah. so proud of this, they recorded it themselves. Yeah, I think the way I described it on Twitter, it was like if you had a found footage horror movie shot from the perspective of the killer. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's what it was. And then like, they cheered the whole time. Like they were, they were very happy with what they were doing. Yeah. And, you know, I saw horrific things that I can't uh, get out of my brain mm-hmm. that I see when I go to bed at night still. Um, and the idea uh, that someone had the courage in that moment, mm-hmm. I saw the footage. Yeah. I just saw the footage, right? Like, and it was fucking horrific. Yeah. Um, but the idea that in that moment, somebody had the courage to try to buy some time to save their community is, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's it, like, it's like a paragon it's like of humanity. Me- it's like Medal of Honor sort it of is. stuff. It's yeah. stuff that you ought to remember. Yeah. Far beyond 2023. Right. 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 Anyway. All right, Wolf, let's go to the winner. Who's the big winner of the Ruthless Person of the Year? It's her. Wow. It's her, Rachel Edry. This is a... uh, You know, I I was going to bitch about it, but like, I mean, like Duncan said, so, you know, I also got the invite, and I'd read uh, this journalist who had written essentially kind of like uh, minute by minute description of what they saw and it's just like it's almost like the gates of hell being opened up to earth it's the most horrific disturbing things that you can imagine and especially about like how they were just gleefully hunting down kids yeah that's the weird that's different that's yeah. the the weirdest thing in all of it is like you're you're i don't know like you're you're used to seeing horrific things what you aren't used to seeing is horrific things happening and people cheering. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So like joyfully and, and making fun of these kids as they yeah. come. Like, so I, I, I couldn't hack it. I'll be, I'll admit it. I, I knew I wouldn't be able to hack that. That'd be way too much for me. And so I didn't go see it. I think the world should bear witness to that and, and believe these horrors that were committed. And the fact that, you know, it's being brushed aside so much is just, it's, I mean, there's no words to describe how terrible that is. Yeah. I, I love that it's our choice because it goes far beyond who popped in yeah. 2023. Because it's something in 2025, we'll be doing this program and we'll look back at the previous winners and we'll be like, who was that again? But you'll remember the story. That's why you come to the Ruthless Variety you program. You remember the story and you remember the courageousness and you remember the the plight of humanity that gave rise to this woman and how you know her name. And mm-hmm. that's the only reason why anybody does all of this is because you got to fight for humanity. You got to fight against terrorism and all the horrible things on the face of the planet. But like, you know, you got hope springs eternal. Yeah. And we're entering 2024. Let's hope that we have never have to revisit anybody like Rachel Edry ever again. That's, that's right. A, that's a good message for the new year. You know, someone who stood in the face of the worst that humanity has to offer and showed the best. That's right. You know, terrific, outstanding winner. Terrific think, winner, Rachel I Edry. I think we might have done it. I think so. Absolute banger. An award show. Banger of an award show, gentlemen. Congratulations to the winners. All well earned. Thank you so much to our listeners. We love you all so much. That's why we keep the content coming over the holidays. Subscribe on YouTube if you have not yet. So until next time, minions, keep the faith. 
hold the line and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless. <laughs>